Buenos dias. Welcome to another episode of How to Build an Empire in a Taco. It's Taco Tuesday. Um, I'm here with my man, Zach Nattinger. Say hello. Hello, everybody. And I'm Matt Lashley, and we are the La Dulce Vapor Team. Um, we have another episode for you this week. It's going to be a little different this week, guys. We're not going to... We're gonna, It's going to be a little business, um, but this podcast isn't just about, you know, work and business for you guys. It's, it's also building a relationship with us um, to learn a little bit about us and, you know, where we come from and... My buddy over here, Taco, is a, a very spiritual person, um, and not in the the whole you know mainstream religious way. I wouldn't say, um, more just spirituality. You know, the meditation, the the looking to your inner self. You know, yeah, the shrooms and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's not go that far on on, on a broadcast, but um, you know. He is a very spiritual person, and, and I think it's important that people know that. And, you know, I'm a spiritual person as well. Uh, more religious for me, um, but not mainstream religion. Um, definitely believe in a higher power. But, but what that comes to, guys, is, you know, I think that everybody looks at success in a different way. Um, so let's start by defining what each of us thinks success is. So I'm going to let Zach talk first about what he feels success is. Well, mine's pretty simple, actually. Um, I guess it just boils down to happiness. If you are happy with what you're doing in life at that moment. Yeah. If, if, if it's fulfilling and makes you happy, then you are successful in life. So, so you don't you don't base success off of, of anything, materialistic or, um, a title. Yeah, I tie it all back to how you feel about yourself, more so, inner workings. So you're more inner success than than outer world success. Yeah. Okay. Because if you feel successful on the inside, then the outside will come. That makes sense. You work from the inside out. That is true. You know and. I'm the same way. I mean, success is, is happiness, but for me, um, I feel success is an unobtainable goal because, you know, once you, and, and I'll go into depth on this. So, you know, right now, success for me is X, right? So it's, it's something, it's a goal I have, but for me to achieve the most out of life that I want to achieve, that goal has to be forever advancing, you know, I can't just get to, to where I want to be right now and be like, oh, I'm successful. And then where do I go from there? So my view of success is that it's always changing and it's always advancing. Um, and I, I don't see it as a title. I don't see it as money. I see it as, you know, personal goals, right? Um, because if I see myself as successful, then the world is going to see myself as successful. So it ties back to you, I think, a lot, um, what you said of inner success. I just think that it's something that, you know, if we put it as a goal and then we don't change it and we don't push it forward, then we're going to get complacent to where we are. You yeah. know, if I put now, that do goal, you feel that short-term goals or long-term goals are more important in that aspect? I think that they both tie in, but I think that... 
you know, the long-term goal is your ultimate ridiculous goal, right? You know, I've always been a guy that's, that's, hasn't dreamed realistically, right? Um, I want some crazy things out of life. And so that long-term goal is that crazy out of this world, you know, I want to be the best. I want to be a billionaire. I want to do these things. But the short-term goals are what allows me to get there, right? Because if you have a goal that's ridiculous and, and unrealistic out there and you're just trying to shoot for that, um, then it's hard to obtain that if you don't have any little short-term successes. Short-term, yay, I'm doing a good job, right? So I think those short-term goals really help to obtain the long-term goals, if that makes sense. Yeah, I like that. Kind of like fuel in the fire. Exactly. Fire. Exactly. So, so you're an analogy here. So you're driving a, a thousand mile trip, right? Or you know, in a car. Well, you got to have the short term stops at three hundred miles or two fifty to gas up, right? Before you can make it, you can't just roll on a ga- uh, one tank of gas unless you're driving. I don't know, one of those fucking Priuses or some shit, but. <laughs> You know, you got to gas up, and I see the same as success. You got to gas up. You got to fuel your body. You got to fuel your mind every so once in a while that you're doing good. You're doing the right things to get to that next level. Does that I make like sense? that. That yeah. sounds good. Now, everybody has a different way they try <laughs> to to succeed. Um, there's there's a lot of different ways about to go about it. Um, I know that there's a book out called The Secret. I'm not sure who it's by. It's it's a pretty well-known book um, that tries to, to tell people that, you know, what you visualize will come true. And and I'm a, I'm a big believer in that. And that's, you know, how I go about trying to succeed. Um, you know, above my bed, I have pictures of stuff that I want, you know, the house I want, the car I want, the, the jet I want, you know. Um, people make fun of me a lot that, you know, most guys my age have half-naked women hanging above their bed, you know. My parents gave me cry about that. My dad walks in my room and he looks up and he's like, does he really have a, a half-naked picture, or a picture of a half-naked girl above his bed? He's 23 years old. And then he looks at it and, no, it's a house and a car and a closet. Well, you know, I, I believe that if I wake up and I look at that every morning, I'm going to achieve it. And not because it's just going to come out of thin air, right? It's that motivation of, I got to work my ass off every day to achieve that. Um, so I'm, I'm a big believer in visualization. And I know it sounds quirky and a lot of people are going to be like, well, that's retarded. You can't just visualize something into your life. But I, I think it's true. Um, what about you? You know, What are some ways that, that you kind of go about your day to motivate yourself to success well I kind of like what you said visualization is very good because I believe that it does help manifest things in your life so let's say uh, like when I was a wrestler you know you practice for hours on end on a certain move and visualizing is another way to practice that move because the way your brain works if you visualize something your brain recognizes it as you're actually doing it so let's say I'm going against this guy in a match. We both practice the same amount of hours, but in my off time of practice, I'm visualizing me doing certain moves. Then I have 
that many more practices on a certain move and it means I can hit it quicker and better. And so I think that relates to a lot of things in life because if you if you only focus on something during the time you're supposed to be doing it, then you're not going to be as good as you could if you visualize it in your off time as well. You need to be fully committed. Yeah, and I think that might be one of the reasons why athletes um, or, or people that, not your big-time athletes, but you know people that played sports have an advantage over people that didn't. Um, as though we learn those kind of skills. I mean, I learned it in baseball. You know, visualization was big in baseball. And there's only 24 hours in the day, right? So everybody has the same amount of hours. It's how you use those hours that it really comes down to, right? And, you know, Andy Frisella talks about it, that, you know, people will post on Instagram all the time. I work 24-7. I put in, you know... 100 hour work weeks, you know, shit like that, man. There's no way you're working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, unless you're snoring a pound of cocaine. <laughs> you know, that's what he says, you know, and it's true, man. You know, when I look at these people that are really, truly successful, you know, it's not about how many hours you put in, it's about how productive those hours are. Yeah, it's quality over quantity. Yeah. And, that is a great because that's how we want to run our business too, right? We want quality before the quantity comes. And so, you know, I look at it and I could be sitting here. Dude, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I mean, I think everybody is a little bit. You know, we'll be sitting here and we'll, we'll talk about um, how, you know, many hours we're putting in and all of this stuff. And we'll, <laughs> I'll be sitting here and half the time I'll be distracted by shit and not putting in productive hours, right? And so I'll spend 10 hours doing something and then I'll look back and think, well, six of those hours I wasn't really doing anything, right? And then the yeah, next yeah. day I'll put in productive time and get the same shit done in three hours because I was totally focused on what I was supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, studying for exams in college is a good practice for stuff like that because that's usually how I did it I would distract myself the whole time but if you actually sit down and do your work you know shit's gonna happen yeah. a lot quicker and better you know when people talk about this I don't have any time to do anything because I'm working all the time and I'm grinding and, and all this stuff well if you use your time productively you wouldn't have to do that yeah. you know and and the thing is is if you work that many hours I mean I was seeing it when I was the baseball facility I was at, um, you know, it was, I was working so many hours and then, which I enjoyed, and then I'd come home and try to work on this stuff and my brain was fried, right? Because I've been working ridiculous hours. And so I couldn't put the same sort of productiveness into both, you know, yeah. I was, it was, it was compromising both sides my other job and this right yeah and, and so, i think if you if you put in the quality hours that leaves you more time that all that extra time you gain from putting in the quality instead of the quantity leaves you for time for personal time for yourself to learn about yourself relax you know stuff like that so you aren't always on edge and stressed out you need personal time in life yeah it, it distract you need distraction because it be can become overwhelming i mean the stress of it and Especially opening a, a business, um, you know, I think we can both speak to that. Is it's stressful, um, 
and if you you don't have a, a distraction or a way to get away from that, um, it can definitely overwhelm you. It's 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 not something that's easy, and uh, you know, I just want people to understand that you can get stuff done and not spend eighteen hours a day doing it. Yeah, you you know, and because I I I was the same way, man. I was. You know, I'd re- I saw these Instagram accounts of, you know, I grind 24-7, I do this, I do that, I never sleep, I, I all this stuff. And I'm like, man, is that what I'm going to have to do to be successful? You know, and I was ready to do it. I was ready to put those hours in. But, you know, the, the more we started doing this and the more I've worked at this, I've realized, no, if I just get up, get my shit done, then I'm good. You know, it's... I put in the amount of productive time I can put in and, you know, get, what I do is I do a lot of what Andy talks about of, you know, five things, right? Five things a day of most effort, best productivity you can possibly do for five things. Um, Because once you get past five, man, it's, (laughs) your brain's kind of fried, you know, once you you put in all that time and and, and things like that, and it, it usually comes out around, I don't know, it depends on the day, right? I mean, sometimes I'll have five things that are pretty quick, and then I have the rest of the day to distract myself, you know, get away from it. And then some days it'll take 10, 12 hours, you know? But it's that balance of finding the quality over the quantity. Yeah. And so, guys, when you look at it, don't don't be, a, you know, scared of, you know... <laughs> trying to oh sorry, my gosh guys i'm sorry all right I'm, I'm a popular person you know um but don't don't be scared to to not put in 20 hours a day don't be scared to sleep all right sleep's good sleep will sleep is good keep you at the top of your game now i'm not saying sleep 12 hours that's not what i'm saying but you know sleep sleep a good amount because you know Rest is important. Keeps oh, it your definitely brain fresh. Is. Keeps your brain. If you fresh. want to be at your peak performance, it's uh, sleep, diet, and exercise. All those are huge components to being healthy and performing at your best. Yeah, my diet's kind of not there, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. It'll get better. I need to. I need to get eat better, man. These energy drinks are killing me. But uh. You got a little addiction there. <laughs> I do have a little addiction. I have a big addiction. Um, but there's worse things to be addicted to, I guess. Yeah, you know, heroin, that's that's probably yeah. a little worse than energy drinks. Yeah, there's some stuff that, that's not as good for you. Um, but, you know, when it comes down to it, guys, don't let society define success for you. Right? I think that's... yeah. That's an important concept because people... No, that's very good, yeah. People f- fail to realize that, you know. At the end of your life, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you, right? It matters what yeah. you think. So if you're a janitor and you provide for your family and you have a great family and it's what you wanted and you work your entire life and, and you're happy, dude, I think that's success. Yeah. If you can the way look- I like to look at it is like your life is a storybook 
it's not someone else's story. If it's it's your story, so you take control of it. You don't let other people control you and determine where you're going to go in life. It's your story. You determine the paths in life. And if you want a plot twist, throw in a plot twist. Have some fun. <laughs> yeah. It's your life, and you're not here for long, so enjoy while you can, you know? Yeah, people get wrapped up in trying to please other people too much, you know? And, and they look back in 50 years and... Where's their life, you know? They, they spend it all trying to please somebody else. And you're not going to please everybody, you know? It's like what we look at in business, you know? My goal is not to please 100% of the people. Because it's not yeah. possible. It's you not don't want to be a supporting role in someone else's story. Yeah, it's not possible to please everyone. So what you got to do is you got to please yourself first. And that will please 50% of the other people. If you stay true to yourself, you're going to... People are going to realize that. People are going to like that. People are going to be drawn to that if you're authentic. Yeah, um, exactly. Like, if you put out a happy energy, then people draw to that and feed off that and enjoy the happiness with you. If you're just living a real shitty, unhappy life, then that's all you're going to attract because happy people don't want to be around that. And but if, if you put out that happy energy, then you will find that more and more positive, happy people come to you. Yeah, and and the more people you try to please, the more unhappy you'll be because you can't please them. Yeah. You know, and I think everybody's guilty of it younger in their life, you know. Oh, I definitely was, dude. dude middle school, high school, I think everybody, everybody wants to fit in. Everybody wants to be the popular kid. Everybody wants that, you know. And the older you get, the more you realize, screw it, man. Like, if you don't like me, you don't like me. That's definitely yeah. the, that's definitely what, the way I do it now. Is if you don't want to be a part of my life and you don't like me, that's fine. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm a loyal friend. I'm, I'm a do anything for somebody kind of guy. But I'm not gonna just do things to please people, you know, um, because in the end they're just gonna screw you. Those people that really aren't your friends, right? aren't going to screw you, you know, and it's, it's, it's tough to, especially when you're young and you're our age, um, to, to really get that concept, you know, and it starts with our whole Facebook shit, man, you know, people, Instagram, people are trying to, dude, my niece is 13 and she's like, I have 900 followers on Instagram, well, how many of those people do you actually talk to, you know, a hundred maybe, maybe a hundred. Yeah. Maybe, if you're lucky. Well, as you get older, your circles get smaller and smaller because you learn to pick out the right people. So I think it's just a maturity thing. Yeah, I think so. Because, you know, everybody does it when you're young, you know. Oh, yeah. let's be friends. <laughs> yeah. You seem nice. Yeah, when like, you're old, you're like, let's not be friends. I know a lot about you now. <laughs> like the McDonald play place when you're seven years old. You're always like, hey, you're going to be my best friend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, it's true. It's true. And I think the older you get, man, the, the more you're just done with shit. You're done with the drama. You're done with, you know, people that aren't real and true to you. I mean, I'm tired of it, you know. It's, yeah. It's just drama in my life I don't need. You know, I see something on Facebook. If, if, if you put something on Facebook that is just ridiculous, I'm unfriending you. I don't want to see it. Yes. I don't want to see it. I unfollow so many people on Instagram when they... Just post stupid shit. Yeah. And I'm not talking about, like, you have a political thing or you have something that, you know, you believe in. I like that. I like when people believe in things. 
But when you just post ignorant stuff, I just can't follow it. I can't. I can't handle it. Yeah. And when I don't talk to you anyways, like, <laughs> why? Why does it matter that you're my friend on Facebook? So I can say that I have 700 friends on Facebook. I don't care. I don't care if I have 10 friends on Facebook. You know? Um, I think it comes down to, you know, the, the way I pick out friends now, and the you know, true friends. You know, there's acquaintances, right? There's a difference between acquaintances and true friends. And, you know, the way I pick out true friends now is if I get arrested at 3 o'clock in the morning and I call you, are you going to show up? You know what I'm saying? That's a true friend. Yeah. Or if I'm in trouble, right? If I call you at 3 in the morning and I'm in the bad neighborhood and I need help, my car broke down, are you going to show up? In a Batman costume? In, a, <laughs> in the Batmobile. <laughs> you better believe it. But but it's true, man. Like, you know, and there's, if you really think of it that way, there's not a lot of people that'll show up. Yeah. You know, it's I never really, thought of it like that. That's a good point. Yeah, it's really easy to show up when it's four in the afternoon and you're three blocks away. That's easy. But if it's three in the morning, you're asleep, you're tired, you worked all day, you know, it's harder to show up. But that's that's who the real friends are. And and that's how I judge it. That, those are the people that are going to stay in my life for the rest of my life. And there's yeah. not a lot. I mean, I can probably count them on two hands people that, that I truly trust for that. And that really just boils down to selfishness and egoistic people. Yeah. Because they'll always expect something from you, right? So they'll, they'll, they're more than willing to take that from you. But are they willing to give that? That's yeah. the question. And so it comes down to, to also the, you know, success breeds success. Well, friends can either make you or break you, right? I mean, you look at it, Michael Vick's friends. We'll go, we'll go with this. You know, <laughs> All right. We'll go, we'll go with the Michael Vick story. So, you know, his friends broke him. You know, they were the ones that did the dogfighting ring, the, the everything like that. And he felt that he had to give back to them for what? Because he grew up in the same neighborhood as them? That doesn't mean anything. You know, if they're willing to put your career on the line for their selfishness after he paid for everything those aren't the people you want around you and you see it all yeah. the time especially with pro athletes uh, because they come from the inner cities and they, they feel the need to support these people that they grew up with and I, I commend that you know I commend that they that, that they want to help those people but don't sacrifice yourself for somebody that doesn't care about you right yeah, people should never be afraid to leave old friends because the way I see it, everybody brings a lesson to be learned in a relationship with a friend. And once you've learned that lesson, it's time to move on because then you're just beating a dead horse. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll keep those those 5, 10, 15 friends that are that are true friends for the rest of your life, but the rest are acquaintances that are in your life for a reason. Yeah. You know, to make you better or, or to teach you lessons. But you got to know when it's time to say, mm, I don't think this is where we should yeah, be at I, this point. I can't grow with you anymore. Exactly. Exactly. It, you know, it's like 
when you're in a relationship, you know, it's, are we done growing? I think that's important. I think that's why it's important to not rush into marriage, man. Because, you know, it may be awesome for the first six months, but then you get to a point where it's like, I can't grow with you. You're not, you're not the person that, that'll push me to where I want to be. Yeah. And those friends, those really true friends should be ones that push you to the next level. That drive you. That will tell you when you're doing dumb shit. You know? Yeah. It's not the people that are always telling you you're right. You know, I know people like that. You know, Johnny over here is telling me I'm the best all the time. is awesome. But it's the people that will be real with you. You know? It's like us, right? It's why we're good business partners. is because we're real with each other. You know, when I have a dumbass idea, you're like, dude, you're an idiot. I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of am. But you also have to look in yourself and not take offense to that, right? You know? Yeah. They're just trying to help you. They're not trying to be a dick, but, you know. And even if they are trying to be a dick, I mean, listen, (laughs) take it for what it's worth and then move on. Use what you can from it. True. It's hard for people to get criticism sometimes. Um, But it's important. Criticism is important. Because without it, how do we advance? Oh, it's a huge part. Interacting is, that is, it's how you progress. It is. If you live, if you live by yourself, you know, in, in your dark room, just thinking to yourself, then you might come up with these illusions <laughs> that you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. You need friends to, you know, put you in your place sometimes. So is that how arrogant people come about? They just hang out I with think it is. The they just... No one ever told them that they were being a dumbass. And that's why <laughs> I grew up to be this crazy selfish person. Because no one ever put them in their place. That's why, like, let's say you have, uh, you know, the really rich kids in high school. And they're always, they usually act the same way, you know. They have an air about them. You know, their nose is up in the air. But that's because their parents never slapped them and told them, you're being a fuck boy. It's time true. to be respectful. Dude, I think that's true, man. I mean, look at how we were raised, right? You know, I, I was blessed that my parents had a lot and could give me a lot, but they came from nothing, and so they raised me as to be respectful of that, to, to acknowledge that, and to, to be grateful for that. And we see all these kids nowadays that have that expectation of, I need this, and I deserve this for no reason. Yeah. And it comes down to parenting, dude. I see it all the time, man. You know, that's why I hate kids. I hate kids <laughs> nowadays. I really do. Yeah, I just don't know what to do with them. I've never hung around kids before. Because, <laughs> like, when I was growing up, all the kids in my, like, immediate family were my age around. Yeah. So we all grew up together. So I never really had the chance to interact with younger kids. So I don't know what to do with them now. I'm just like, hey. Dude, they're crazy, man. I like to think I wasn't that crazy, but, you know, I look at my 13-year-old niece, and it's like, dude, was I that nuts? You know, the whole boys and the drama and the, oh, God, makes my head hurt. But, you know, and she's a polite, she was raised the right way, you know? It's just, and I'm not saying she wasn't, it's just the whole, you know, middle school teenage girl drama stuff. Um, that was there when we were we were around. I think being guys was a little different. We didn't have that ridiculous of drama, you know. Yeah, we were more worried about you know 
popping random boners in middle school than <laughs> else. That's true. Or if the teacher's going to call you up to the board, <laughs> oh, I'm good. I'll take the F. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think we all went through that, right? The flip it in the waistband, you know? Good it's part of growing up. It's part of growing up, you know? It's the good things we learned. But uh, I think girls also, as a society, were raised to care more about what other people think, too. I could be wrong about that, but because there's so much about image and everything like that. Um, no, I, I agree. It's very institutionalized, the way girls look at themselves and look at other girls. It's it's very disgusting, in my opinion, the way we've raised females to be nowadays. Yeah. It's just anxiety-ridden because they can't see their worth. They always look at other girls' worth. You know, guys, You know, we'll be at a party and notice a girl and be like, oh, she's hot, and then be done with it and just move on <laughs> to the part. Girls, they, like, analyze other girls, like, to the, like, they know, like, makeup and clothes and hair and person, like, they just think so much. Yeah, man. I don't, it's weird, dude. You know, you're sitting at a, you're exactly right. You know, you're sitting at a party in college, right? And the girls are like, can you believe what that bitch is wearing? I don't care. Like, I never sit and talk to you and we're at a party and I'm like, dude, do you see this fucking dude? Like, look at what he's wearing. What the fuck is he wearing? Like, do you see that outfit? Does he not know that those don't go together? Never. Like, it's never come up, man. But it does all the time with girls. And it's, it's, I guess it's life, right? But, you know, it's, I think that's it's not it's not just our generation though, right? I think this has been for generations on generations on generations. Yeah. You know, about image and and looking the right way and you know, I think it's but I think we're going the right direction though. I think it I think we're improving slowly generation by generation. You know, I mean you hear about it like on media, social media all the time, you know, different battles that are being fought for the better, you know. Okay. Rights and stuff. Okay, I'm gonna go on a rant here though about this. Right. There, there is extremes. I'll okay. give you that. There no. is extremes, but for the most part, we're going the right it's direction. Not, no, I'm not saying that we're not going the right direction. But what women have to realize is, it's the same with men. Okay, this whole modern size of a modern woman, right? You know, I'm not saying that because bigger girls are fine, right? But when a girl's like 300 pounds and she's like, well, it's the size of a modern woman, well, it's just unhealthy, right? And so it doesn't come down to looks as much for me as being healthy. It's the same for a guy, right? You know, it's about health. And so yeah, don't, don't try to, you know, put your, you know, your bad diet. And I have a terrible diet, so I'm not putting down people that have terrible diets. But don't, like, come out and be like, well, this is the size of a modern woman. I'm not going to come out and be like, this is the size of a modern man if I weigh 300 pounds as a dude. Right? Yeah. And so... The main issue with that is just people... The way we were raised is, you know, like a commercial-based thing. You know, we see something on TV and we're like, oh, let's get that. It's, you know, it's going to... It looks really tasty, like a McDonald's commercial or something. Anything that has a commercial is not good for you to eat. I can assure you of that because it's a, it's a way they're trying to make money. So it's going to be highly processed. 
stay on the shelf for super long, and it's not going to have healthy stuff in it. Any nutritional value is gone. What about that, those commercials about free-range chickens? Free-range chicken? Uh, I mean, uh, this, you can get into the debate <laughs> of veganism, vegetarianism, normal diets. It's <laughs> If you want something in its purest form... So, like, I eat a lot of raw vegetables because it has enzymes and all the micronutrients that my body needs. Now, I will eat a fucking, you know, Papa John's pizza or something like that. You know, I'm not full healthy, but it's <laughs> your body. You are what you eat. The stuff that you yeah. put in your body makes up how healthy and how, you know, quick-witted you're going to be. So, if you're eating shit, you're going to be shit mentally and physically and yeah, and that goes back to business, right? So everything that we put into our lives affects us, right? So everything that we eat, everything that we, everybody we interact with, everything, you know, it affects us. And it's ignorant to say it doesn't. And so when we hang out with people that aren't successful, when we put stuff in our body that's not good, when we do these things, it's leading us in the wrong direction, Right? And so that's something that, I mean, I need to work on the diet part, right? So it's definitely something I need to work on because um, nobody's perfect. But it's something that we all need to look at. So, you know, let's put this into a business aspect of we, we have to, if we want to be as successful as we want to be, we have to put things in our lives to allow us to be that successful. So we have to interact with successful people. We have to eat the good things. We have to do the things that will put us on that next level. We've got to read the right books. We have to do these things. I am a big component of not reading fictional material, right? Because what does it give us? Enjoyment? Pleasure? <laughs> it's true. And I'm not saying you can't ever read fictional books, right? Just like yeah. I'm not saying you can't ever play Xbox or you can't ever watch movies, right? That's not what I'm saying. But yeah, I'm but that needs to be for, you know, me time, relaxing time. Exactly. But you also need to complement that with things that will improve you in the business world. So you need to complement the fictional books with non-fictional readings. You need to complement the movies and the Xbox with educational stuff that's going to teach you about business, like shows like The Prophet, Shark Tank, those kind of shows that want to teach you those things, you know? And so... If we get wrapped up in all we're ever doing is me time and stuff that's it's empty material is what I call it, yeah. You know, which is a good good distraction. It, it it really allows us to get away from the business, so it's good. But we can't get wrapped up in it twenty four seven. We got to complement that with things that will improve us. Yeah, does that make sense? You know, I have a I have a little rant for you. Okay, rant it. I don't think people read enough nowadays oh it's true people just true. watch the tv to like you know i'll watch a shit ton of documentaries and enjoy the shit out of them and you know learn a lot but in all actuality tv is the and this is going to have a negative connotation for some people but just take it for what it's worth it's the handicapped way of learning things it's true you, you learn so much more in a book than you do okay so let's look at harry potter People read the books and was like, this is a great book. But when you get to the movie, there's obviously some things that were missing. It's the same way if you're you know, watching documentaries compared to a book. You're going to learn a lot more in the book and gain 
a lot more knowledge than if you're watching the documentary. Nothing wrong with watching the documentary. I fully support it. It's yeah. you know it's a different media, but the majority of your knowledge should come from reading. Dude, I have that from personal experience. You know, I growing up, I read a lot, um, and then you know, come late middle school, early high school, I stopped reading completely, and then you know, I got into college and I wanted to gain knowledge to be successful and I started reading again and the amount of knowledge I picked up from reading was was huge um you know I learned so much about the business world that I I wouldn't have learned if I didn't read so much yeah and and guys it doesn't have to be boring technical books right there's nonfiction books that are very interesting you know Mark Cuban's book's very interesting um, Steve Jobs' book is very interesting. By the way, I was talking to this girl last night who didn't know who Steve Jobs was. What? Yeah, and then the other girl she was with didn't know that he had died. <laughs> That's our generation, man. And, yeah. And Just I know that I'm in the business world, and so Steve Jobs is an idol to me. But he—he's like it's pretty big news, dude. He's like Einstein of our generation, right? He changed our lives when you look at it, right? He Between, changed the culture. He changed, yeah, he changed the world. You know, he set out to change the world, and I think he did with the yeah. iPhone and the, the everything that we have. Like, think about it, right? Between after before him, the flip phones and the shit, man. Now yeah. I can do everything for my iPhone. I can live my life for my iPhone. That changed the world. That changed the world of business. That changed how we interacted with people. That I mean, and so for some, for people not to know somebody like that is a pretty big deal. Because it's not like I'm saying, oh, you don't know who a baseball player is. Well, I mean, what did he really do to society? Not much, right? So if you're not really in the baseball world, it's not a big deal. But for people that change society, we don't put enough credit into that. We care more about Kim Kardashian. If you know who Kim Kardashian is and you don't know who Steve Jobs is, you're living life wrong. Oh, that's another thing. Like, the majority of people know who Kim Kardashian is. Yeah. But if you ask them who Nikola Tesla and uh, just a bunch of really smart scientists that contributed to the world and changed society, they don't know who they are. Yeah. And they're, they're the sheep of the world. They're yeah. not the wolves. They're the sheep because they aren't informed. Knowledge is power. That is very... I think that's a great point, man, because, you know, what are you going to do with your life trying to emulate Kim Kardashian? Put out a sex tape? Right? I mean, what else has she done? Like, I I commend her for being able to make how much money she made off of her sex tape, but honestly, she didn't change the world. She didn't change the society. So if you want to change the world, you got to look at people that changed it. You know, yeah, and we we don't do that as a society anymore. We don't applaud those people. We, you know, in fact, we usually shun them exactly. because they're different. Exactly, exactly. Usually introverts and you know people like that, so they don't get the credit they deserve because they're not fighting for that attention of other people to get applause. You know, we'll talk about Steve Jobs here a little bit. From the, I, I know I'm an Apple guy, but um. Everybody always talks about how much of an asshole he was and not about the great things he did for society. And so I know he was a jerk. I know he was a dick. Everybody knows it, right? But 
I think that's because of his brilliance. So you look at these people that are geniuses a lot, and a lot of times they're like that. They're just, you know, different. And so he may have been an asshole, he may have been a dick, but he, he the, the stuff he provided to society was amazing. And you, and you talk to people about, you know, I, I, I listened to this, this podcast or, or interview with, I think it was his publicist, I'm not sure her name, um, but she talked about how, you know, one second he'd be hum- humiliating you and you'd feel like the scum of the earth, and the next second you would be the most motivated you'd ever been in your entire life. Um, and that he I demanded think, perfection out of people. I think he was just operating at a higher level than most people could grasp. Yeah. I mean, if you if you watch the uh, Ashton Kutcher, that, that Steve Jobs movie, I think it's called Jobs, I don't know. But, I mean, it, it shows that he did LSD in his college days, which I'm not saying you should, but when you do that, take a psychedelic, it changes how you think about things. Yeah. It, it breaks the institutionalized way you think about things. It, it breaks the culture you were taught. It makes you think in other ways, which sometimes are the better ways. Well, and people take criticism as being an asshole nowadays. So he demanded perfection out of everything. He didn't release a product unless it was perf- perfect. And so, you know, if you brought shit to the table, he was going to tell you you were shit. And so people take that as being an asshole. I don't take that as that. I take yeah, that it's, as... It's just cutting out the bullshit. Yes. You're just telling him how you really feel. So don't fluff things up and try to be politically correct. He just told you like it was. And I, I applaud him for that. I think that it's something we're missing in society today is we're like, oh, Johnny, you're great, but we might need to change this a little bit. No, Johnny, you suck, and you need to fix this. You know, and... Yeah, there's no sh- need to sugarcoat things. It's just wasting no. everybody's time. Get straight to the point. Yeah. If you don't like me, tell me you don't like me. That's right. Don't try to beat around the bush and act like you're my friend, you know? It's stuff like that. It's it it it, re- it applies to a lot of aspects in your life. Just cut out the bullshit. Tell me what you really feel. Yeah. Let's have a deep conversation about <laughs> this stuff, you know, like I don't know. No, nah, I, I get you. I get you. But I think that's why we don't celebrate them as much. It's cuz they are different. You know, these geniuses and these guys that change the world are different they have to be otherwise they wouldn't change it you know not everybody can be that and so these guys that do are are very different and a lot of times they're missing the social aspect of life you know they have a hard time socializing with people and we just can't handle that and so we shun that instead of celebrating that you know yeah so like let's let's take the uh like the presidents for an instance. If you look at any speech throughout history by a president and listen to his words, doesn't it sound fake as fuck? Oh, it does. People I'm don't talk like that. They're no. not being real with you. No. They're not. Like I I wish we would go away from you know the politically correct and the having to be a great public speaker whatever that fucking means. Um and just talk real to me. Get on stage and tell me exactly how you feel in the terms you would be talking to your best friend like. Yeah. That's and it what cuts we do out right manipulation here, too. Yeah, I mean, that's what we do. I don't want to come on here. I mean, we could very easily come on here, be politically correct, you know, talk in all the proper form, do everything. Hi, like guys. That. How are you doing today? It is yeah. a lovely day outside. Yeah. The weather is beautiful. We could fluff all that shit up, but we don't want to do that, right? Because that's not real. I want to talk to you like we're having a business meeting. 
because that's when it gets real. And I want a president that does that as well. And we're not in a society that does that because we have raised our generations to think that we have to be politically correct. That we can't offend anyone. You know? And I'm so sick of not being able to offend somebody. There's stuff I see all the time that offends me, but it's their beliefs, right? I like to relate it to bar talk. Because... Once you're two or three drinks in, you know, you start feeling, you know, a little something, you you aren't as reserved. Yeah. And say someone doesn't like you or what you're saying, you know, the bar fights, what's that? It's them cutting out the bullshit and telling you how they really feel and just having out at it. Yeah. I disagree with you. Let's fight. <laughs> Which I'm not saying we, we should do, but it's a good example of, you know, cutting out the bullshit, telling people the, the true depth, the true meaning of what you want to say. Yeah, and it's debates too, man. You look at presidential debates and they're all retarded because you have people that aren't speaking real. They're just trying to they're they're trying to say what they want to say but in a way that won't offend anyone and won't lose them votes. It goes back to Donald Trump, right? He says whatever the hell he wants to say and he's winning right now. Why? Because people want that. We're ready for that. Yeah. And so do I agree with everything he's saying? No. Does some of it go way beyond what I believe? Yes. But he's real. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't think he should be in office. But exactly what you're saying is that people are ready for a new way for the president to act. And I think Donald Trump exemplifies that by being real. He does. He like you said, he just speaks whatever's on his mind. If people like it, so, you know, good. Yeah. If people don't like it, then fuck them. Yeah. And, you know, when it all started, all of the the experts in politics were, you know, he's not going to get a single vote. He's going to blah, blah, blah. You can't say those kind of things and get elected. Well, what happened? He started skyrocketing. You know, nobody in the beginning thought Donald Trump had a shot at being president. <laughs> Dude, I thought it was a joke when I first heard it. Yeah. You know, it's like he's doing pretty Fl- well. It's like Waka Flocka saying he's going to run for president. Lord help us. But you know, we're just ready for real. I'm ready for real. Yeah. And I think that I think that's where business has gone. Right? Is people are being more real in business. You know, we go to Keese, right? And it's not the fluffy business proper talk, right? It's. Yeah. We're friends talking about business is what it kind of relates to. You know what I mean? It's it's building that relationship rather than being fake. Because the real relationships build lifelong partnerships. The fake stuff may get you a sale or two, but it's not going to build the lifelong relationships. Yeah. All right, fellas. Well, we're at 47 minutes. Um, I know that we ranted about a lot of different stuff, but I wanted to take this time to kind of, you know, let you guys understand a little bit about us um, and build a little bit better relationship. Um, next week we'll get back on on business topics, but I thought it was important to to build relationships like that and and kind of see what we believe um, from a personal standpoint. Um, but I hope you guys have a great week. Um, enjoy it. And we'll see you next Taco Tuesday. Peace.